vibration won't do you no good. It won't do you no good. You better start rolling when you hear the man Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Only Bruins. Finally, I know, I'm sorry, we'll get into it. Brought to you by the one and only Black and Gold Productions LLC. What up, what up? Get better soon, Mark. Uh, he's under the weather. Um, and it's, it's just good to be back. I'm, I'm joined by none other, by my boy, Brett Howard. I uh, bugged him again to hop on, and here we are talking Bruins. We got plenty to talk about, uh, but before we get into any of that, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, buddy. Uh, how was the New Year? How was the Holidays? Yeah, what's going on, brother? I'm glad to hop back on here. Things have things have been kind of crazy the past little bit, but uh, starting to reel it back in now. Um, and looking to push forward into the new year. Have a good new year. How about you? How was the Winter Classic, dog? Let's start oh, off there. God, dude, it was the Winter Classic was fucking bananas. I got absolutely fucking after it. Um, met a lot of cool people. I I originally met up with uh, Danny, who you'll see on. Uh, Twitter lost sway daddy and um, met up with her and her friend Ben. Ben's an awesome dude. He uh, he probably had one of the sickest hats I've ever fucking seen. And I just instantly fell in love with that. So now I'm a man on a mission to try to find that hat somewhere around here because that's a hat that can't get shipped because it's just too precious. It's fucking beautiful. But it was great, man. Met a lot of people, met a lot of cool people, uh, had a lot of awesome interactions. Um it was just like a sick event. They did such a good job. Um, it, it's just like, I don't know. It, it, I'm looking for, like at the highlights and stuff. It looks like a good product on TV. I'm not sure what they did in between uh, periods for you guys and whatnot, but we were basically right where the band was playing too. And it's just the atmosphere was fucking bananas. Like it was just that place was so fucking loud. And obviously, you know, you got nearly 40,000, just under 40,000 people crammed into Fenway. Just like people have been itching for this day for ever since they announced it. What was it last year? I yep. think. Yeah. So it's just, it, it was unreal. Like, you know, I, I wish I could remember more of it, but I got fucking <laughs> out. Dude, I, I got to the bar. I at saw like, your tweets. Yeah. I got to the bar at like nine uh maybe 9 30 i want to say no no like 9 30 um and then you know just met up with some people and uh it was, what was the game yeah got into the, it was a shit show getting into the game then it's just like that finally got to the seats everything was good and you know just was pounding bears left and right interacting with people uh trying to meet some people and whatnot and then just went at that and I would say the first period was boring. It did not. The place was quiet. It didn't feel like it was too loud. Um, and then after that, it's just like the atmosphere kind of got a little bit bananas. And it was just a great fucking time. And obviously, big dick Jake DeBrus comes through, scores fucking two goals in the third. And it's just like unreal. Like kids having a hell of a year. And obviously, we'll get into him in a little bit because we got some news on him right before we started recording. But Dude, it was unreal. It's just like, I, I, I'll i tell you what, though. I'm glad it's over because, and I'm also content if I never go again because the view was tough. I, and I was actually pretty close, too, and I had, like, decent seats. But, like, the view was tough. It's like you really had to, like, 
it paid certainly to be higher and obviously a little bit closer, but I do like what they did with the rink, how they changed it this year mm-hmm. rather than going from like first to third, they kind of brought it a little bit into the outfield and it definitely, it definitely helped for viewers out in like the ones out in the outfield and basically everywhere kind of. So it was cool. It was, it was definitely a sick experience. Um, the madness though. Holy shit, man. I'm still recovering from it. It's fucking Wednesday. I'm still recovering. It is just, it was a long weekend for me, obviously a long month. And um, before we go get a little deeper into the uh, conversations and whatnot, I want to thank everyone for their patience. Uh, people who reached out, I also want to apologize. Just like a lot of moving pieces going on uh, in the month of December. And then last week, I was just about ready to record, got hit with a bug and fucking just still trying to fix some pieces as well. But everyone is everyone and everything is good on the home front. Uh, things are looking up. So, you know, nothing better than to start off a few days into 2023 and start recording with you. But I, again, I appreciate everyone who reached out the kind words, everyone understanding. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to recording more episodes, get a pumping up, pumping out the content and. You know, just hopefully have you on as much as many times as possible and have some fun talking Bruins hockey because not a lot has changed since we last talked Bruins hockey. I mean, it's uh, it feels like this team's never going to slow down, but the team is facing some adversity. The team is facing some adversity heading into uh, the new year, I guess you should say, shortly after the Winter Classic. Our boy Jake DeBrusque is out with a. It seems like a fractured fibula. Um, yeah. If if that, what the fuck is this? Um, trying to find the tweet right now. Yeah, I I think I took a screenshot of it. I know Mark. Uh, kind of had. Oh, here we go. No shock given that he didn't accompany the Bruins out west, but I'm told Jake DeBrusque has a fractured fibula that will keep him out. Tough blow for DeBrus playing best hockey of his career right now. Frank Saravelli of the Daily Faceoff. Yeah, so that basically all but confirms uh, Mark Allred's tweet that he had earlier uh, or late last night, earlier today. Um, I know he was Mark wearing Richard. a boot after the game. Yeah, no, I saw I saw those pictures, and I was like, "Wait, like, what the fuck did we miss?" Because I mean, I think he was out there for the final minutes of the game too. Right, right. Yeah, and like it was weird. None of the reporters asked him. I watched the uh, post game of him and Linus, and not one single reporter asked him about it, which I thought was very odd as well. So well, I thought maybe it was just a precaution. Yeah. Um, well, I'm wondering if he even had it on in the locker room and whatnot, because you did the pictures you did see. It was them back at uh, back at TD Garden. It looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if people were just kind of snooping around there and then just happened to see that and he got looked at after all the media and whatnot, but who knows, because I feel like it w- also would have been easy. Maybe he got looked at when they got back to TD garden is what I'm wondering. And he thought maybe like, oh, the adrenaline wore off. The pain is still pain is still there. When you get back to TD garden might as well happen to look at it. So I don't know. It's certainly weird because he played a hell of a game. He obviously scored the game winner. He had both our goals and um, the guys having an unreal season, 16 goals, four, 
Yeah, 16 goals, 14 assists through uh, 36 games. Obviously, uh, he's right at the 30-point uh, plateau right there, and it sucks. That's It's a huge blow, like Frank Cervelli said. And, I mean, the guy was having, like, one of, I would say, career years, one of the best seasons, a great bounce-back season after last year. And we don't have to get into all the bullshit from last year and the speculations and his, tra- and his trade request and all that, but it was – you could tell the weight was lifted off his shoulders this season and he was embracing it. And that, that that's what sucks. It's, it's just a massive blow and you can't replace a guy like that. You know, you might have good depth as the Bruins do. And they, they did call up uh, per, well, I think Mark tweeted it that they um, called up Chris Wagner. So it sounds like Wagner's going to be up here for a little bit. They, you know, I'm, and, the practice lines today, I know you were reading them off right before we got on this. I'm wondering if I even have the screenshot of the tweet. Uh, 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 hold on, I'm looking for it here. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, oh fucker. Okay, oh, there, I, you got it? All right. Uh, yeah, the lines are um, Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Hall, Krejci, Zaka, Felino. Uh, Coyle, Frederick, and then Greer, Nosek, Smith. As of right now, practice. So, and that's obviously, I mean, I'm assuming uh, fucking Wagner didn't get out there in time for practice today. Why not? I mean, game days tomorrow. This, we're recording, or well, I guess today as you're listening, we're recording Wednesday night right before USA takes on Canada and the World Juniors, so that'll be uh that'll be a fun one to watch. It'll be one of the few times me and Brett are en- enemies, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so um, I the one thing I'm worried about, I'm not worried about the top six at all. That's the nice thing about if you get an injury on the top six, you kind of saw how they played and whatnot. The good thing is, is I guess you can say good and bad. I mean. Martian hasn't been having the greatest stretch so far, but he is still Brad Martian. It's going to take some time still. It's, you know, it's a major surgery he had. So it's kind of like what you're looking at at the beginning of the season. My biggest worry is what will our third line look like now? I'm not necessarily worried about the fourth line. The fourth line will kind of be the fourth line, but, and I still think they'll do an okay job or a great job, but that third line, the way it's been going with when as soon as Hall dropped down to Coyle's line, I'm wondering like if that's going to ruin some of the chemistry or how they're going to go because it really got Frederick going too. So those are two guys, Coyle and Frederick, who when when those when those guys are buzzing and when those guys are clicking on all cylinders, dude, like that's when this team is dangerous. I mean, you remember you remember in uh, 19 when they made the trade for uh, Johansson and it just like automatically like flipped another gear for uh coil. And it was just a different animal. And you saw that hog kind of did not, I mean, it's kind of apples to oranges when you think of those two duos, but that's what I'm kind of worried about with this little bit of a transition and adjusting to missing, um, missing fucking what's his name Debrusque for a period of time. So that that's, that's my, uh, that's my biggest worry. And we don't have a timeline yet for DeBrusque. So that's an also scary thing. So we're kind of like, like sitting here, biting our fingernails, waiting for that news to drop, which I'm sure will drop tomorrow. 
Well, and this is the thing about DeBrus too. So um, last year uh, at this time, New Year's, uh, he got moved up to Bergeron and Marchand's line. And it took a couple games before he actually, uh, like before he started playing better. I think it was closer to the trade deadline where he actually started getting a stride with them. So I was curious. So I checked his last 82 games. Well, his last 88 games are from January 1st to January 1st of last year. And I narrowed it down to 82 so we get more of like a normal sample. But in Is the last this just eight- regular season games? Yeah, his last okay. 82 regular season games, he's a 61-point pace with 36 goals. That's almost scoring at a 40-goal clip. That guy's a top top six winger that we're definitely going to miss in this. So it's, it's, it's normal to have um, discrepancies about this just because, like, we've had top six scoring winger troubles in the past, and J.D., uh, turning it around and really finding his own over the past year or so has really helped this team and honestly put it to what it had like what it needed to be like in the beginning he was carrying when Marshawn wasn't out and then Marshawn had a couple good games there and then he started to you know get a little bit stagnant and who's just been consistent the whole year is Jake DeBrusque so it's like this is a big blow to our team um, we got to hope that it's not too long, but a broken fibula, like some people are saying season ending, which is really scary to think well, it's fractured, but, which is like, I, yeah, it, isn't as bad, right? Yeah. So it kind of yeah. depends on the severity of the fracture. So, well, we got to, we have like eight, wait, eight weeks, I think right now till the trade deadline. I'm yeah. very curious to see if they just keep them out on LTIR until the trade deadline's over. But then you'd have to keep him out to the playoffs or get cap compliance. So uh, uh, we're not the capologists over here, but like <laughs> it, it, you might have to go Dom Tiano and uh, Mark over at the Black and Gold. Um, and Steve's over there now, I think, too, Kevin. But th- th- it's this is going to be really interesting which way they go about this. Because like you said, they brought up Wagner, who's been a pro throughout this past couple of years being put down in Providence. But my question is, with Sweden just losing in the World Juniors, do we see Lissell come up for a certain amount of game? I think he's got a certain amount of games before he's waiver exempt. Do you use him in spots needed to play with Bergeron and um, Marshawn and see what you've got at this point in his career? I'm not saying put him there for the rest of the year. I'm not saying make him JD's replacement. I'm just saying, is this a time where you can bring one of your young guys up and do what you said you were going to at the beginning of the year? Um, and reward some of those young guys yes he didn't have the greatest world juniors he might even be a little banged up so i don't even know 100 percent. but the my question is is this time to get lee sell up here for a little bit and just see what he's made of and see if he can handle his own in the nhl or how like how far away we are for him him being an every nhl day player and there's nothing wrong with doing that and sh- sh- testing him out a couple games i don't know how do you feel about that I would say there's no harm in that just because, um, you know, he's waiver exempt and excuse me, uh, he's waiver exempt. And, you know, he's when you when you think about calling up Lysel and then when you think about calling up Wagner, it's like a whole different kind of level of excitement. Like I remember when we called up Wagner last year, um, he was just he was electric right out of the gate. You knew he was like playing because he was 
he was playing every every shift like it could have been his last shift in the NHL, which was exciting to see. The problem is he doesn't have the scoring touch. He's not a sexy player like Lysel is. My only worry with Lysel though is if he's actually ready. You know, like he's got he's got an NHL shot. He's he his his skating is out of this world. But does he have? Is he is his body ready? Can his body handle? NHL play. I mean, he's gone banged up a few times this season. Is it necessary to bring him up? And where where would you put him is my biggest uh, concern. Because, I mean, the top six is, you know, still without DeBrusque, still a very solid top six. Do you do you plug him in there with um, with Frederick and Coyle so he gets some a little bit of protection when he has bigger guys like that? I mean, you know it. You know how guy how these young studs will play when they have like a guy. That, not saying that Frederick is like Revo out there, but he, you know you you get a little toughness uh, on that line, so no one r- really takes liberty with him. You you know you got Frederick, you got Greer, you got Coyle too, who can and, and Felino as well. Like you have a handful of guys who can step up, step in there, and kind of protect Lysel and let him play his game and kind of play a better more con con jesus bossy comfortable role and kind of slide right in and just see how he does the only problem is is it worth it at this point this is my thought train of thought is it worth it to bring him up because say he's say you know what do you have nine games till you basically have to burn a year of his contract right i think so yeah so Say he plays eight or nine games, whatever, and he's phenomenal and he lights it up and he looks like he's actually NHL ready and maybe he has a few hiccups along the way. At that point, you got a tough decision to make. Do you do you just keep him up for the rest of the year and burn the year of the contract? Kind of like how you brought McAvoy in. Um was it yeah, you brought McAvoy in with uh in the playoffs to burn a year or right. Or did he yeah. get a regular no, season game in? I think they signed him to a two-year because he was coming in on the playoffs after college. Oh, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think. Yeah, I'm like 99% positive you're right on that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'm just wondering if it's I, – I guess you kind of have to wait and see if it's going to – if you're going to miss that scoring touch that – offensive game of his you know if if the offensive if the five on five play takes a dip then i think it's net kind of necessary to bring up a guy like lasalle but if the five on five play doesn't take a big dip and you can put wagner in there just fine and you know you can health bomb smitty and you can have felino playing on the third line or even uh or uh Jesus, I just said his fucking name. What is his fucking I keep fucking forgetting Wagner. You know, yeah, it yeah. then <laughs> then you know, then it's fine. And I wouldn't entertain the idea of Lysel, but it the thought of calling up Lysel as Sweden just lost, like you mentioned, it it is and it is it is exciting to think about because the kid's flashy, he's got the skill. It's just it's his can his body handle it is my biggest worry. And that's the thing too. Like I'm not saying, oh, call him. Like I'm not trying to lead the uh, pitch, pitch, picket, uh, the f- yeah, pitchfork brigade here. I'm just, I- I'm just thinking like, 
Um, like like what you said, like I I'm not the biggest fan of Zaka playing right wing. I don't know why. I just don't think it works that good. I think he's way better as a centerman or a left wing. I think he kind of gets lost in uh, zone coverage when he's playing on the right side. But like you said, we did we we missed Marshawn uh, McAvoy, all these players for a while, and we we did bit way better than just keep our heads above water. We thrived. And it's next man up mentality. I have no problem with Wagner being the guy. Like you said, he was an absolute electric factory last year when he came in. So that it, that's not the problem for me. I'm just curious with the limited cap space we have and the waiver exemption, if we do see Lisel for a couple games. And... I don't like you said. I don't know if he's 100% ready body size, and people are gonna go straight to oh he didn't get any points in this uh, World Junior. So it's like he kind of got banged up, and he I don't think he in my personal opinion I don't think he was being utilized properly by the coach. Um, I understand not playing him in like the last 10 minutes when you're down a goal or whatever. You give him a couple shifts just because he's not the best defensive player, but. He uh the the Sweden power play was absolutely garbage the whole time. So that that's that's one thing to count in there. But I don't know, it's just just a just a thought I had today with Sweden losing and um you know, just the, the easiness of pulling a guy like Lee Sell up or uh, McLaughlin, or s- somebody who is waiver exempt and you don't have to keep putting these guys because I'm starting to think like, did we call Wagner up? Just for like a okay, a bottom six role, but if we do send him down and and someone grabs him, no one's gonna be upset. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. I'd rather have Wagner at the end of the year as a black ace if somebody in the bottom six goes down. So that's where I'm looking at it in the sense of I'm it, I'm not I'm not saying Wagner would get picked up 100, percent but it's just something that I've been thinking about. Like, oh, is it a sacrificial lamb again? Like, yeah, that's one point whatever one two five i think he makes that we can just get off the cap right now um and we can go shopping for a cheaper bottom six at the trade deadline which is kind of a weird way to look at it in my opinion just because then you're out picks for a bottom six guy that you had the whole time when you could have just brought lee sell up for six games to give him a shot of the show let him sit in the room with these legends we have right now. The boys are buzzing. It'd be great for him to be a part of the community that they have in the locker room right now as a young guy to maybe learn something. I don't know. I've just a couple different angles I'm looking at it, but I'm not worried with DeBress being out as long as we can keep our five on five scoring up because he's like out of his 61 points that he's had in his last 82 games, 47 of those are even strength. That's crazy. That's a lot. And he plays front of the net on the power play with one of the best power plays in the league. I know he wasn't last year, but still, it's yeah. pretty crazy. No, it is crazy. And that's that could be a potential huge blow for the five-on-five five play where a team notoriously in the last few years have struggled with five-on-five five play, uh, scoring at least. I mean, this year's a little bit of a different story with the with with what Monty has done for this team and the transition he's made. Um I am uh, the, and I understand where you're coming with the whole Lysol thing and just like flirting with the idea and bringing it up because I mean, it's something that we 100% should do. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter basically right away calling for Lysol to get called up without actually thinking of the big picture here. Um, and, and 
it just sounds like Chris Wagner, I mean, kind of is just getting what he deserves because he's been a true professional since he got sent down last at the beginning of last year, I want to say it was. I forget when it was. And he's just been nothing but a true professional. He's been and you see reports and stuff that he's been phenomenal down there in Providence. And he's gotten a little bit of a scoring touch and he's just doing his job. Uh the it's funny because uh, a friend of mine asked me, he's like, next time you record, he's like, I, I, I'm curious to who, if the Bruins lose a guy, who you would think the first call up would be. And I didn't have Chris Wagner in my books just because of his contract. Uh, there's not a lot of names that maybe pop up. I mean, maybe Alex Dean and, you know, guys like that. But Lauko, I think, still waiver exempt. Lauku, yep. I um, think he played good too when he was up. Mergulov, however, but I don't think he's yeah. Because it's like you, ready. yeah, it's like you said earlier too. Like you can bump up Zaka and you bring in a guy like Mergulov. I don't know if bottom six is uh, with him being a di- defensive liability that I've heard of or everyone keeps harping on. I don't know if that would be the move, right? It's like I'd be the. I think I'd be the most comfortable with. Uh, McLaughlin, Wagner, and Lauko. Yeah, and that's my that's, three. And only yeah. one of them's waiver exempt, right? You know what's funny? I kind of totally forgot about McLaughlin. Like, I know. Like, the, and that's the name that you would think would could possibly be an automatic call up, just um, uh, with the year he had. Like, and he actually had a great camp too. He's not having the best season down there. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, I think they're getting him to work on his craft a little more. They're putting him in uncomfortable positions. Like that's just what I've gathered from him being in the AHL this year. I've heard his play is good. It's just they're trying to get him to play more of an everyday NHL style because he was he'd have like seven games where he was great, and then like two or three where he wasn't so great. Sorry, and the consistency just wasn't ultimately there compared to I guess an NHL vet like Wagner. Yeah, and 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 another name too, uh, kind of like a veteran down there as well, is a guy that you tend to forget about because you kind of figured he was just kind of a leadership role down there. Is Vinny Let Vinny Let? God, I don't know how to say Letary. I was about to. I don't know why I was about to say Letarier, <laughs> but um, and he's having a great season so far. Eleven goals, fifteen and fifteen assists. 26 points in 30 games played. Uh, I've I've seen his name pop up a few times on Twitter when guys like Mark and Mark Diver, Mark Allred and Mark Diver are talking about Bru- uh, Providence Bruins hockey. So you've seen his name pop up a little bit and sounds like he's having a great year down there. He's a little bit of an older guy for a guy in Providence and in the AHL. So that's another name too. But I think what, what it comes down to is it would help to have a right-handed shot. And Chris Wagner is that. Vinny is that as well. McLaughlin's that. Um, so I don't know. It's To be honest, you just, you kind of, like, I just backed myself into a corner by listening to you there. It kind of is messed up when you think about it because you're not going to put Hall on the right side. You're not going to, um, who else? Who else do we have? We have Zaka, Hall. Yeah, There's like certain the, guys. So yeah, you could just don't you, put on that side. Yeah, like you could put Zaka third line, left wing with Coil and Frederick on the right side because he's been playing great there. But then it's like you said, you need to bring up another right winger to play in your top six, which is, 
that's a tough ask of a guy who's playing AHL all year and or who may might not be pers- personally ready like Liesel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Liesel would have to be in the perfect position. Uh, just you can't change anything. A guy like Wagner can play center. He can play off wing. Um, he can kind of do it all. He's great on the PK as we've seen in the past. So it, it kind of just makes sense because Tabrusque will get some PK minutes. Um, Tabrusque is like getting better every year as a two-way player as well. Uh, he, he's a great stick. It's a, it feels like it's always in the lane. Um, so I don't know. I, I think a lot of factors went into it, and I just think they know when the time comes to send uh, – why do I keep blanking on his fucking name? Jesus, Wagner. When the when the time comes to send Wagner back down, that he won't get claimed. And if he gets claimed, he gets claimed. It saves the Bruins some cap money, um, and he gets a chance probably with another NHL organization rather than or NHL team rather than you know kind of being buried in the minors just because of his contract. And you feel bad for a guy like that, but I hope he can thrive. I mean. Obviously, for Bruins purposes, we want them to keep winning. But I am excited that they're finally, I shouldn't say excited. I'm I'm definitely not excited. But I am eager to see how they do and how they respond to some adversity. Because coming off an emotional win like they did on uh, the the friggin' Jesus Winter Classic. (laughs) I'm fucking. Your brain's still in shambles. eh? I I want to say New Year's Day. I'm so used to saying New Year's Day. That's the problem. Um, coming off an emotional win like that, seeing the year that DeBrusque is having, everyone being so happy for him. Uh, I'm curious to see how this team responds. It's not like how the Bruins were. I mean, the Bruins faced plenty of adversity to start the season when you're you didn't have guys like McAvoy or Grizzlick or, um, or Martian to start the season. Then everyone else stepped up. The goalie stepped up. I should maybe I should just say goalie Ollie stepped up, who's still been phenomenal since we last talked. Not much has changed there. And it's just it's I don't know. I, I'm excited to see I just gotta stop saying excited. I'm eager to see how they respond and how they do. They got a little West Coast trip. Um it'll be interesting that- to see how they do and how other players step up. Well, it's a good thing about this. Like, yeah, you're going to play LA, who's uh, a fringe playoff team right now. I think that's that's who they play tomorrow to start it off. This is what I don't get about the NHL schedule, though. Um, but I'll go into that in a second. the The good thing about it is you're hopping. Whoever you have three games to figure this out. LA, yeah, okay, tough opponent. The Sharks and the Ducks, those should be two wins. The, the league scheduled it, so it should be a scheduled loss because the boys flew into L.A. today. They're practicing. They'll stay overnight, play in L.A., and then they have Friday off. But then they go out to San Francisco, San Jose area, the Bay Area, to play the Sharks. And then they got to go all the way back to Anaheim to play the Ducks when they could have just played L.A., played the Ducks, and then gone out to San, San Fran and then come all the way back across the country, which once again showing why the NHL scheduling is just brutal and they need to figure that out a bit more. But you got two games on a back-to-back as San Jose and Anaheim, not the biggest, best competitors in the NHL right now, to really work this thing out and find the matchup that you like or the line combination that you might like. And maybe that's where the Wagner thing comes in because then you can – shuffle your top nine more and have a steady bottom um 
bottom line there. But I'm hearing a lot of rumbling, or Dom Tiano put out the tweet about the Ducks and Bruins being in deep conversations. And I'm, I've been hearing a lot about, uh, or hearing some rumblings about some bottom six guys on Anaheim that the Bruins are after. And uh, it kind of seems like it would just be perfect if they could get the trade done while they're out there, maybe get rid of the spitty contract, get more of a fourth liner, uh, send them to Anaheim before the trade deadline. Maybe Anaheim can flip them to a contender. Bing, bang, boom, everyone's happy. Uh, Smitty's playing more hockey. It just doesn't work with Monty's system. And then uh, I've heard uh, Brett Leeson's name been thrown out there. Max Comtois' name been thrown out there. Two, like, fourth-line guys that you could just plug and play. Uh, and they play those hard minutes every night. Both younger guys with smaller cap hits. So you're getting rid of some cap while also bringing Wagner up, which is good, and then maybe getting a trade for some younger bottom six pieces um, that you can get out of the way now while you're on the West Coast if these rumors are true. So I don't know. I just thought that was pretty interesting, and I wanted to plug that into the pod. Yeah, no, that's definitely some great speculation, and it does kind of put a damper in the whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Speaking of potential roster moves, um contracts and all that good stuff obviously uh you got to clear some cap space and whatnot right now uh to make some i mean bottom six guys too i wouldn't mind a little bit of a change with the bottom six even though they've i've been happy with their play for the most part this season but there's a tweet a few days ago there was a tweet a few days ago. I think it's Uh-oh. time to get into this uh, I, because our boy Zach, seems mad. <laughs> <laughs> our boy Zach Taranko, uh, great dude. I call him Zach Tarasenko. Uh, yeah. Great dude, great friend. Uh, Good follow. He, yeah, great follow too. He he covers the ECHL Maine Mariners. He was actually just on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark as well. Did a great job there. So yeah, good definitely want. I gotta find his um I gotta find his Twitter handle so I can give everyone the correct it's Zach underscore Taranko. I know I've given it out before here before, but I forget the guy's name, but um there's a guy formerly on the midday show at WEI. He got demoted basically tonight and Shortly after, or like a day after he put that tweet out, the tweet that I'm about to tell you guys, uh, a few days before he put that tweet out, or no, the the day after he put the tweet out, he, I'm trying to read everything at once here too, he um, the next day announced that, you know, his 6-2 to two show, I'm fucking blanking on his name, oh, Keith. Um, and I, and... This is such a WEI thing. I know you don't listen to local sports radio here, obviously, with you being in Canada, but I see enough posts about it. Jeez. Yeah, it's they're they're kind of known for the clickbait stuff and just like bullshit stuff like this. And and people have because I don't really listen to them. I will say Gresh and Keith, when they were on together, talked a lot of hockey. Gresh is a former um a sports hub guy who was who actually did a phenomenal job when he was with the sports pub sports hub and i loved his uh hockey insight uh but he rich keith put a tweet out saying scoops keith the bruins and david Postnock are finalizing an eight-year deal worth 88 million dollars 
So that was probably a date. He put that out three days ago as as we are recording Wednesday night. A day or two prior to that, a colleague of his at WEI wrote out an article basically saying the Bruins and Poshnok are light years apart. Now you got Scoops Keith fucking saying this, which and so you got to take it with a grain of salt. And I quote tweeted it saying, you know, whatever I said and people it sounds like some WEI fans kind of came at me like, yeah, he's been right before, blah, blah. I'm like, this this is no like I think he's just doing something for clickbait so he can because then he made a he made a Twitter account for his new nighttime show. Uh, the next day he tweeted that out. So I think it was just kind of so he could get some clicks and view pages, uh, some yes, views on some his more Twitter followers page. and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's just, just cloud kind of chasing. Yeah. And I don't get me wrong. I hope he's right because I would love that contract. I would, I hope he's right. There's been some hints at it. Mark Savard's been kind of teasing other people, teasing people too. I know Mark Allred put something out basically saying like there's a, like a little picture of Pasternak somewhere near Fenway on like Lansdowne or something. And then you see like 11 in the corner, which would obviously be his AAV. Mm. Uh, so there is some speculation around that. Um, So I'm curious. Well, would if that deal does come out sometime soon to be true or not, do you love it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? How do you feel if that were the deal to be for Pasternak? So where the NHL is going, where Pasternak sits among superstars in the NHL on and off the ice, um, the the numbers that people are getting paid, uh, McKinnon wise, because don't don't joke yourself. Pasternak is um, he's marketable on and off the ice. Not only is he a pr- prolific goal scorer, he like is great for the Bruins, their PR, everything. He's a great guy. He's got good style. He's good looking. He's got the swagger on and off the ice. I I think eleven million is very fair. I know it's gonna be tough for a lot of Bruins fans to get because, um, you know, you only pay as you only pay your best. You only pay people as good as your best player. And McAvoy took the nine point five last year, which is now looking like a steal. So McAvoy is easily a ten million dollar player. Um, and Pasternak is starting to look like he's better than him and the super, not better than him, but like when you look at the superstar atrophies, you look at him showing up in and out every game. Uh, yeah, obviously he has off games. Everybody does, but consistently scoring, being up in the top five in points. Like, like I said to you one, a couple pods ago, I was like, holy crap, like Pasternak has this many points in this many games. He's got to be like almost first or second league. And then you look and. Connor McDavid has 50 something in like 30 games. So it's like, there's kind of, there's, there's a different level to Connor McDavid McKinnon play, but he's right up there. He's right under them and he, he's a winger. So he's going to get paid a little less. I think a million and a half off from uh, McDavid and McKinnon is a very fair value, especially with the cap going up, hopefully to a hundred million in the next like 10 years or so. Right. Like that's what the projections are starting to look like. So I, I think I, it could potentially go up to upwards of four or five million this season. Yeah, in the next year. Say, yeah, if a lot needs to go right for that to happen. Yes, but I I think don't they project up to ninety million in the next like six years or something like that? Yeah, so, I, I possibly even sooner than that. 
Yeah, with the TV deals and how they're going and how the league is changing, bearing another p- pandemic that completely screwed what this was going to happen a couple of years ago, I, I, I don't see a problem with paying him $11 million at all. You're going to have to work the cap out this summer, but that's what the capologists are for. I'm not worried about this contract not getting done. Um, I definitely think it, it gets done in the end. Um, uh, Pasternak's agent is very... Uh, he did this with Forsberg last year. They took it right to like January first, which I don't. I don't. That one doesn't make me feel as comfortable. Yeah, but don't want that. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen it with Pasternak's contract before. So I, I think it's gonna come down to the wire. Let's hopefully it's the trade deadline wire. But um, I, I don't hate the trade. It's funny. I put out a tweet. I was off Twitter for a couple of days, and I was just. Oh, I saw myself, something like I didn't read the yeah. cut, the replies. But oh I saw God, it, it was pretty funny. But I just threw it out there. I was like, I know I'm not going to have much time on Twitter, so let, let, let's see if it just it might just be a throwaway tweet, write it in your yeah. germ, dream journal, or it's either going to blow up here. And yeah, people were not happy. I I asked, I just simply asked Twitter. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just asking the question, seeing where the fan base is at. Would you trade Pasternak for a guy like Drysaitel, who makes less money? He's a centerman. Yeah, his next contract's going to suck, for, but for the next two years, you'd have him at 8.5 million, and he plays wing or center. I just think he's really I was just watching an Edmonton game when I tweeted out and I think he's a very he's got the uh characteristics of a Bruin bred player. Uh he's got a little bit of bite to his game, can score, he'll play on one leg if he has to. I was just curious and a, a lot of people said yeah in a heartbeat and then I got like raked over the coals by a couple people that were like how could you do that? Pasternak's a superstar and I get it. I wasn't saying do it today. I'm just saying if that if Hoshnock's that... a super bo- superstar, but along with Drysidle, so it's like exactly Drysidle's number two in the league in points or some shit. So it's and like I did I... see some replies. Sorry to cut you off. I, no, just no. Before I lose my train of thought, I did see some replies saying, "Oh, but is he half the player he is without McDavid?" And you've seen him when McDavid's been injured and out that he can easily handle it yeah. himself and the same question could go for is Poshnok half the player without Krejci or Bergeron and guys like that and mm-hmm. it, I think is he both ever of them, the player he is without playing with Bergeron and Marshawn yeah That's well a huge question. You know, if he leaves the Bruins knock on wood that he doesn't but if he leaves the Bruins then we'll get our answer and we'll see mm-hmm. and we'll see who he's surrounded by but he's playing with the Hall of Fame center um, I wouldn't say Krejci is a Hall of Fame center, but he top one on a lot of teams. For yeah, he would have been sorry. Yeah, and he's just he's a hell of a player. But neither of them are McDavid, but um, he's been surrounded by basically two great centermen for majority of his career. And um, yeah, last year he didn't have Krejci, and at times he's playing with Bergeron, and at times I think at some point in the season they finally made the finally broke up the quote-unquote perfection line and they dropped Pasternak down to and he played with um what's his fucking name uh Hala Hala yeah he played with Hala and uh he he did fine he he still had a great year last year and whatnot but you see the year that he's having this year and obviously I mean every great winger needs a great sentiment too but he's just I I think it's a, for me to answer that question, I, I just I 
dude where i looked at it from too un unselfishly obviously i was like imagine pasternak and mcdavid playing together <laughs> yeah it would be i was like because i was looking at mcdavid they have them they have uh, mcdavid and dry said a split up right now in the game i was watching i was like man they just need that guy that'll just rifle it on net and then that's when the the, the thought came into my head and i'm looking at mcdavid feed the puck to people i'm like man if he had a guy like pasternak that could just oh, buy it yeah. and they they do in kane he's just injured right now but it's just watching mcdavid struggle out there i was like huh i wonder what people would think about this thing is too though they don't have a lot of great right-handed shots over there, and if you give if you give McDavid a right-handed shot who can fucking shoot from any angle, any spot on the ice, the way Pasternak does, that's a different kind of two-headed monster, in my opinion. Uh, it's just more of a to... one-line team, but I think they I think they score more goals, which is crazy to even think because Edmonton yeah. wins like seven six games every night. Yeah, I know. It, it's a friggin' baseball game. It, yeah. Like basically by the time it's over with, it's unreal. It's it, and it's a shame that they're always going to fucking suck till basically you have to trade away one of them. And you're obviously not trading away McDavid. But I did see that tweet. It definitely got me thinking um, before I actually answer that. Um, Steve Conroy said from agent J.P. Barry and Pasternak negotiations, Quote, we're, we're talking too hard to say uh, whether progress has been made or not, but lots of dialogue from both sides. Radio report was rubbish. So obviously there it is. Um, yeah. but and I heard I heard Elliot Friedman, too, say the same thing you said or alluded to a minute ago. If Pasternak's going in the offseason, like, like you said, you're surrounded by these superstar Hall of Famers that definitely Pasternak could do it on his own. But, like, look at Johnny Goudreau. You know, he left. He went to a team that he thought was going to uh, make a good push this year, and, like, he's playing for Bedard right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he, the grass isn't always greener, you know? Like, yeah, you, he could pro Pasternak could probably get $13 million this offseason in the open market easily. easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it, if you're, like, 10 or whatever, six years ago, they paid, uh, the Leafs paid, John Tavares, eleven million. The San Jose Sharks were willing to go thirteen. That's back then. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, just think about where the Pasternak contract. It'd be a hundred million dollar contract easily. Yeah, and because obviously these owners and these GMs know a little bit more than we do. I shouldn't. I should a lot more than we do. But yeah, we ain't capologists. <laughs> no, we're just we're, putting we're, that out there now. We're certainly not. As we're talking about this, I'm like on Twitter uh, going to Bruins cap space and stuff like that. No, no free shout outs though. But um, how old is Pasternak too? He's 26, he's twenty he's twenty six, dude. Yeah. Twenty six. He's still like, got his whole career ahead of him. In the way he plays, he can play easily another 10 years and dominate for i would say a majority of them maybe not all 10 but he could he he could really i mean have a great career and a 10-year contract i think i mean the one thing the bruins do have is that they can sign him for that one longer that one extra year versus yep. uh the free if he reaches free agency keep so the av down yeah keep the av down you still get some money you still get paid obviously and you might even get a little extra money it's mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll have to wait and see with that i but if that if that report ended up did 
uh, being true. That's kind of what I expected his contract to be like, especially the way he's playing this year. I mean, the the guy, like you said, can easily just get 12, 13 million. And, you know, it, he's just having a hell of a season. He's a great locker room guy. He loves and Boston. He loves Boston. I just can't see him leaving. No, um, like he'd have to get word like which is the, like like I forget what it's called tampering or whatever. He'd have to get word from his agent that someone will give him 14 million next year. Yeah. I think. You know what I mean? Like it has to be a like a 110 million dollar contractor being the most uh, the highest paid player of NHL history type thing for him to leave, which I just I don't see him as that guy. And this also brings up the question like if JD is out 6 to 8 weeks, maybe even longer, do you, like You've had people speculating that the Bruins are in on Bo Horvat. Well, do you shore up the Pasternak thing by going and getting him a number one or two center for the next seven years? You know what I mean? Like, this brings a lot of questions up, this JD injury, to be honest. Yeah. In my head. And real quick on the JD thing. So it appears Jake DeBress, this is from Matt Porter, it appears he scored two goals in the Winter Classic on a fractured fibula. Jesus Montgomery Christ. Montgomery said today he didn't even know 74 was hurt. Holy shit. You know what it might have been? You saw that video of him on New Year's Eve fucking dancing his ass off. Yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> it could have been them. Maybe, he just, maybe yeah, he... he just wanted he wanted the uh what the L T I R pay. Yeah, said, yeah. He, said he did it at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the workers comp. Fuck yeah, it. yeah. Um that that's crazy though. That's crazy that he played basically the full game, had a hell of a game, and was injured. It's I mean the the guy's a gamer. Say oh, yeah. say what you say what you want about the player and you know sports radio people all over Massachusetts or Boston Bruins fans will just simply constantly hate on the guy because he did request that trade and that's one thing he'll never be able to you know unlive basically. Like he's always going to have to live with that and it is what it is, but he's really making those kind of people eat their words. And and I I will say, like, I was, you know, last year I was like, okay, like his time's up. I'm, you know, get something for him, replace him, whatnot. But he's really shutting me up. He's shoving it up my hoop and he's just proving everyone wrong. And I'm all for that. Um another thing too, if that if that Pashanok deal were to be true. And say he does end up signing that at one point, which this piece of sh- this piece of shit, Rich Keefe, is going to be like, see, I told you guys, and it's going to be a month later. Yeah, I even fucking wasted the it's happening gif, the fucking yeah. Michael Scott one. I wasted that shit, and then I saw everyone else on Twitter, and I was like, oh god, come, come on, dude, what a biff. So I think the Bruins right now, um, going into next off season, I think this is before yeah so going into the offseason the bruins have about just under 20 million in cap space and he would take 11 million of that which will leave you basically with 9 million and then you have the bergeron and Krejci bonus overage so you have to handle you cap, have to figure that out cap should go up like at least a million to two million yeah, at least so that that'll take off half of the overage. But yeah, you're right. You're looking at about a two point five million dollar cap hit uh, for the bonuses this year for Krejci and Bergeron. Yeah, at least that won't get like um, what's it called it won't get 
misplaced or anything like that like that's something you got to pay or else you get the fines for it so you got to keep that within your cap um what's it called corresponding cap dollars that you have yeah so i don't know no it's definitely going to be interesting i mean as the bruins are buzzing on the ice and they're doing everything and more that management and and bruins fans and that are asking for from this team and not only that, it's we haven't gone into the Allmark play, but not much has changed since we talked about him last time a few weeks ago. He's just unreal. He hasn't slowed down at all. He's on pace to win the Venza, Vezina, however that the fuck you want to <laughs> And um the Vezina. I love that. I hear a lot of people call it the Vezina. I know it's you fucking East Coasters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but shoot, I lost my train of that. Oh, all Mark, sorry. No, I was I I fucked over myself there talking about all Mark. I was going somewhere else, but shit. Oh well. Anyways, um, we'll we'll have to wait and see with that. There's a lot of move. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. There's gonna be a lot of moving pieces. It's gonna be a lot of rumblings. I feel like within the next, I want to say. I don't know. Let's say anywhere from like two to eight weeks, really. I that that's a wide range right there, but a lot more news could come out too. When we hear the time frame of this injury, how long he'll be out for how this West coast trip goes, how the Bruins respond, if they slow down at all. And I wouldn't mind the Bruins hitting a little bit of a wall and facing some adversity. I would like to, I would like for them to finally get a regulation loss at home just to get that out of the way. So as we inch close game seven of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fucking, and you basically lose in the first period. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. But a lot's been, a lot's going to go on the next, let's say two months within the next two months for the Bruins as we're every day, we're inching closer and closer to the trade deadline. Rumors will speculate. And I definitely would love for that Posternock deal for a Posternock deal to get done by the time, the trade deadline comes around because I mean, at this point, there's no way you're trading Postonok because you are a Stanley cup contending team and you're going to need him obviously. But I want to, I want to hear a few, at least by then, if he's not signed, I want to hear a few more reports that they're getting closer and closer, but the Bo Horvat deal is a, like, if, if you were to trade for someone like Bo Horvat, which I would love, you know, lock up his centerman basically, but the AAV, the AAV that he could get, and the what you would have to give up just to get a guy like Bo Horvat. It's, I would love to see, you know, if if Don Sweeney has to go all in this trade deadline, I'm fucking all for that, and I hope he does. But as of right now, not many moves have to be made. You know, maybe some depth moves and stuff like that, which wouldn't wouldn't require trading away your first round pick. I just think this is you got to start keeping first round picks at some point too. Um, yeah. I th- I think you're starting to see it too with like guys like teams, like the Pittsburgh Penguins who have been trading away first round picks for years after years after years. And it's starting to catch up to them. Yeah. They started off hot this year, but you can see like, they just don't really have the young guys coming in and proving them wrong, or, you know, making that next step and whatnot. Cause they're constantly training first round picks and other teams like that will be doing so as well. So, I would love to see the Bruins if if possible to keep that first round pick. There's two two things I would love the Bruins to keep at after the by the trade deadline, after the trade trade deadline has come and gone. That's 
Fabian Lysel and our first round pick this year. If they yeah. if they have to trade away a first round pick next year, whatever, so be it. If they, I would just, I don't know, I I, I don't know much about this upcoming draft, obviously, but if they could just keep this year's first round draft pick, develop a guy and do something with that, that would be awesome. Then maybe trade away next year's whatever. Like if you know, I know teams will want probably the 2023 first round draft pick, but if they trade a 2024 first round draft pick, I'm totally fine with that. Um, I just want them to hold on to a first round draft pick for this upcoming draft. Not that I know shit about this upcoming draft outside of Connor Bedard, who's a fucking stallion out there, but yeah, those are two things I want the Bruins to keep obviously. And I think Bruins fans all around want that as well. Yeah, and like I said this last year when people were talking about trading uh, Lee Sell for Chicken, which I'm really glad they didn't because they worked out the deal with Lindholm. But um, it I I want to keep. When was the last time we were excited but about a prospect like this? Like that's what I keep thinking about. Like and the fact of trading Lee Sell, I wouldn't mind if you used Lori as a trade chip. But like you said, like. I, I don't know. I, I've been watching as much as I can about the prospects coming up in this draft. Actually, there's a kid that's projected right, right now around the 32nd pick, but he's a defenseman. He's playing with Lee Sell on the Sweden team. His name's like uh, Pekka something, or I can't remember. He was number four. He was a 17-year-old. He's supposed to be a, like a stud, like very Eric, Eric Carlson-like. Yeah, oh, his name's escaped me right now. It's bugging me. But everyone wants to draft the center, which I totally understand as well. But it's like when I was looking down at draft projections, wh- where we want to be picking around the thirty-second pick, it doesn't look like the the centers are going to be all taken by then. Like the ones that are really going to push the needle, um, and the ones that people are saying keep keep your twenty twenty-three pick so that um, you can get that center. But it's like. You look at Tampa, you look at all these teams that uh, Colorado that have won, like you you got to pay that first round pick if if you really want to push the needle and get over the edge. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't want to do it for this year. I don't know what next year's draft class looks like because I'm barely I'm just clinging on to the prospects of this year. But it. I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting because like if this is a last dance and we're in first place in the league, you, you kind of got to trade like if you need need to make a a, a boost in your top six because debrusque is out or you just want to have an ultimate top nine that nobody can even touch like teams like st louis tampa and colorado have done in the past i i don't know man it's going to be really tough i don't want to give up the first round pick i definitely don't want to give up lee sell because he's homegrown at this point but it's going to be like you said it's march 4th the trade deadline it's a little bit uh, longer away than normal years, but I I just I want to see I don't know I just want to like you said this is the person perfect time for the Bruins to go through a struggle. You pick it back up when JD comes back on, but you never know. We've been saying that all year that they just got to keep their head above water. So uh, I'm really proud of what this team's done so far. I want to have a great uh, rest of 2023 and hopefully uh, bring a cup to Causeway Street and maybe I can get down to Boston. Absolutely, man. It's and I hear what you're saying. I mean, every cup contending team, you see what they the kind of trades they make come the trade deadline, and it's all like but... Colorado traded a first round and a second round pick for Lekkinen. 
who was a third liner last year. Yeah. But it's because that's what the price got to, and that's how bad they wanted it and needed yeah. that player. And the thing is, a lot of teams try to mimic kind of what Tampa Bay did because they were just so dominant for a while because they really they they made the third line basically not I shouldn't say relevant again, but they you need a score. You need goals out of your third line. Yeah, it's and, the matchup game at that point, right? Like you yeah, see exactly. Coyle and Hall and Frederick. There's bare, not a lot of fourth and third lines that can. I mean, you with them. You saw last year too when we played the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. Jordan Stahl was shutting down Bergeron's line. Yeah. Um, and then you had their third line, like Max Domi, scoring game-winning goals. Yeah, fucking piece of shit. Because the matchups are all fucked when you're at home, yeah. right? You can do whatever you want. So, like, like you said, I don't want them to give a first-round pick. If it's for a guy like Horvat, it's hard to complain. Um, but like you said, like I, I'd like to see them start drafting some legit capital here. Um, yeah, a guy like Horvat, up a that's one hundred percent hard to complain about. Like, I mean, that's a guy who's a future, you know, franchise centerman. He's having a great season this far, and I feel like he could do even better once he gets the fuck out of Vancouver because that's just a ginormous shit show over there. And isn't he the perfect guy, like captain of Vancouver? Wouldn't he be the perfect guy to hand the reins to from Bergeron? He just oh, has that same type of play, same type of hard nose attitude. I, I just think he'd 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 really adapt the Bruins' way. I'm not saying they should trade for him. I'm just saying that if uh, a first and Lorai ended up going the other way, and we got Horvat coming with an extension, and then it brings a Pasternak extension, it'd be pretty nice. It certainly would be nice. <laughs> De- definitely be would be nice. nice. I mean, he's having a great year too. Um, he's twenty. He's same age as Pasternak, I think, twenty six or twenty seven. Twenty seven. So he'll yeah. be he'll be basically twenty eight at the end of the season. But he was a young captain. Plays uh, left wing too. Yep, and uh, I don't know. It, it's definitely. I mean, balling. Yeah, it, that's definitely something that I would consider a first round pick for, just because then you basically lock up a top line sentiment for a little bit assuming that you get him that extension but if you're going to trade away a first round pick i think you're going to make damn sure that you sign the guy to yeah. extension same thing as lindholm last year right like you, yeah i don't think you make that trade unless bo horvat says yeah i'll stay in boston for eight years and when they made the trade for rick nash years ago and they gave up a first round pick for that yeah they uh, yeah. They thought they thought he'd be playing the following season. They'd be able to sign him to an extension, and obviously with the head injuries and stuff like that, he was kind of forced to retire. That's brutal. But you know, so I, I you know, I'm. It's tough, I, man. Yeah. Well, and like that's the thing too. We're it's great because we're in a position where we don't need to trade our first round pick. And and the thing is too though is even with DeBrusque out, like your top your top two lines are still lethal. Uh, but the thing is, when you do get DeBrusque back, your top three lines are lethal, like dangerous, man. You saw, yeah. you you see how this third line's playing when the team's fully healthy, and the fourth line is getting their is doing their job. And the nice thing is too is you have two power play units too when fully healthy that are that both can produce. You don't see you don't see Bergeron's power play unit basically getting a minute 45 a minute 30 of ice time and trying to score you see they're not monty's not scared to throw out that other power play unit and let them go do 
go to work and do their thing because they've they've been producing. I mean, fuck, how many how many Nick Felino's points, Uncle Nick's points are from the power yeah. play? I I, it's the guys having a fucking hell of a season. And on um, top of that, you sometimes you see the second unit start the power play. Which yeah, is even exactly what a, what a luxury to have. Yeah, you know, if Bergeron, um, if your two Hall of Famers are a little tired, you can send out a guy who should have been a number one center's whole career mcavoy on the point hall on the win- like what that's your second power play unit that's 10 times better than a lot of people's first power play units yeah it's fucking unreal i'm trying to okay there he is so felino's got 16 points on the season and oh i guess i thought it'd be more but five of them are from the power play i definitely thought they'd be more but still i mean basically a third of your points from yeah, the power play almost yeah third, i mean yeah. and he's a guy who's averaging i'll tell you in a second he's averaging uncle nick where you at he's averaging 12 minutes of ice time a game so he's not getting yeah. that much ice time he's got 16 points um and he's got five points on the power play so the guy's taking full advantage of playing on the power play. And he's, I mean, he plays a tough role, gritty role too on the power play as well. And he's making shit happen. So yeah, you got two solid power play units. The PK has been doing its job, even though last time we said that we jinxed them. So knock on wood. I mean, you need the whole team healthy when the whole team's healthy. The top six is as solid as can be, or no, the top nine is as solid as can be. Uh, you do have to worry, worry a little bit, I guess about the fourth line, but no stick. Even though he's been, you know, he he's just he's so bad offensively, but his 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 PK and his defensive ability just makes up for that. And sometimes you just have to eat that bullet and just, you know, deal with it because I mean, he he is phenomenal and well, he's great in the faceoff dot, and he's just phenomenal on the PK. He's had a terrific year in in that aspect. As you know, overall, yeah, people want him to see him score more. It'd be nice to see him get a few more points and produce a little bit more. But stuff I'd you're not seeing on like the stat sheet, he's he's doing a hell of a job at. Well, I'd honestly like to see his ice time just be penalty kill. <laughs> and uh, like high or um, low danger opportunities in our zone, just just because like no offense, like you said, he brings nothing else. Literally zip, just face offs and penalty kills. I'm not the big note, a big no sick guy, but um, I don't know. I I don't mind him on the ice. I just think he's a liability in their zone, with or without the puck, and I uh, I don't know. I I don't mind. He's fine. He's been fine. You know. I yeah. like seeing Nosek, Greer, and Frederick out there. Or sorry, Felino, Frederick, and Greer out there for a couple games. That was nice. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah, when Nosek was out for a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. That I'm trying to. Oh, I just got a tweet from the Bruins. Um, Jake's not on the trip. We'll have a more detailed update on Thursday once we know more about. Okay, so. Well, it sounds like Thursday today, as you're listening to this, uh, we're going to get a little bit more of an update on the length of Jake DeBrusque's injury and how long we expect him out to be. And he says we'll know more about the call-up, uh, but it sounds like our boy Mark Allred was kind of all over the uh, 
Wagner. Wagner. Oh my god, I keep blanking on his fucking name. <laughs> I knew you were going to, so I jumped yeah. in. <laughs> but buddy, we got this World Juniors matchup about to start off, and we definitely want to go ahead and watch this. Um I'm gonna watch Bedard just go shelf daddy on you guys. Uh Hughes is just gonna fucking dummy him. Dude, what a treat, real quick, what a treat, whatever fucking team gets Bedard. Like, you're getting, like, a, a mixture of Crosby, McDavid, and Ovechkin all in one player. Yeah, he's a little smaller, but that's easy to fix with the way that this kid plays. Dude, at this point, it looks like fucking uh, Anaheim's going to get the first oh, overall Oh, I hope pick. so, man. Dude, Bedard and Zegras, holy shit. With McTavish? Man. That's your one, two, three points. Oh, yeah, McTavish. Oh, holy off. shit, man. That, that could be... a dangerous team but yeah. i don't know we'll see chicago end up really going sucks. to somebody like fucking columbus oh before oh, we sign before we yeah i know one of the boringest cities yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, you, you know fucking uh what's his name won't allow that who who the hell's the commish um batman batman he won't allow that he'll no. he'll either be like I don't know. I feel like he also doesn't want him in Arizona, but Arizona could use a guy like that. Because... You never know that Arizona's his baby, right? So, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, he'll fix it. Speaking of, before we sign off, because um, I saw I was reading an uh, article earlier. I forget who it was. I think it was Frank Cervelli, just about potential trade targets, and he put out like twenty or thirty names. Um, a lot of them just didn't have teams that were interested, but. It's been reported before. He also noted that the Bruins have been interested and have watched um, fucking A. What's his fucking name? I don't know how they're going to even going to make it work. Taves, Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves, yeah. That I'm in for the Chicago Blackhawks. Is Imagine that a guy? Him did, over Nosek on the fourth line. That would be unreal. But like, oh. what the hell do you have to give up for that for them to eat half that contract? How are you going to make it work? That's so many moving yeah. pieces there, I feel like. I think like, you'd but... be able to get rid of a B-level prospect. I don't – like, he's been playing decent this year, but, like, he's not the guy he was, right? Like, I think you're trading for the leadership and playoff. Um, yeah, and the depth. I mean, that's yeah. another guy that you can just throw in on the PK. Yeah, you give them no sick, whatever, too. The thing to me would be is – so – to make the cap work, right, you'd have to send, like, a Riley or a Smitty or something. But then my question is, like, if they're that serious about it, would they pay a team to eat another 50%? So then you're getting him at, I think it's 10.5 is contract. So you're getting him at, like, 2.75-ish. That would be way more easier, like, way easier to swallow. But then you're paying a team a fourth or a third to eat that 50% for the rest of the year. Yeah, so exactly. To me, that's like you're going all in at that point. And yeah, and that's like the kind of move I could see the Bruins making. It's just like that's a lot of moving pieces. and That's a deadline day thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you won't see that trade anytime soon. That's going to be the very last second, Yeah, I feel like. But we'll see because there's definitely going to be other teams in on him. And there's going to be... I feel like, like you said, a third team's going to have to be involved somehow. You're going to see so many people like go get Kane now that DeBrusque is injured. I didn't even think about that. Till you I don't just even want Kane. I mean, neither I do I. Neither Kane do would I. be a stud, but I just don't want that. I, You'd have to give up Lee Sell or Laura. I, yeah, I just don't yeah, feel comfortable exactly. with that. Yeah, and that's that's a guy who you'd have to give up a bigger name for and even more for. But he's going to be a New York Ranger. 
He's yeah. it's gonna trade but... Lafreniere for him. Just yeah, ruin both franchises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all right, all buddy, right, brother. We'll wrap it up. I appreciate you hopping on. It's been fun talking yeah. Bruins with you again, and hopefully we'll uh can have you on again and. Yeah, we're gonna try and make this more of a reoccurrence. Yes, yes, absolutely. Only fans feature in the beehive whenever, <laughs> whenever we can do it. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. Do you have anything you want to say? Last goodbyes, whatever. I just want to say because I know I'm gonna see them. The sky is falling, fans. I love you guys, but holy fuck, let's let's keep it together while JD's out. Yes, we might lose a couple games that we should win with the guys trying to pull it all together and. Um, figure out the mechanics of all this with the one of their best goal scorers being out but we're gonna be fine i'm glad you had a great time at the world or at the world juniors jesus at the winter classic um it looked like a lot of fun it was great great on the tv it looked great um black keys were great like you said everything just pretty much excited to see how the rest of this year is going to go for the bruins and uh go canada go Oh, you just had to end with that. <laughs> oh, we got gotcha. a lot of Canadian listeners too. So, shout but, out to my fucking Canucks up here, Bobby Brewski. I'm sure he's going to be sucking down a lot of fucking. Oh yeah, ones deleting beers. Tonight. That deleting guy deleting every like beer it's his fucking sight. job. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I would love, love to be Bobby beers. Oh, us three at a bar tonight watching this game would have been. Yo, a- let's get out to Winnipeg next winter. Go play Dude, some pond hockey. You know what's him. funny? He was at a bar. He was at a bar, and I was like, that bar's fucking sick. I need to get there. And yeah. then I was like, I never actually looked where the fuck Winnipeg is. I'm like, shit, it's over there, yeah. kind of near, like, Minnesota and stuff. I'm like, fuck. I mean, it's that guy's... in guy, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but he's a great dude. He'd definitely be worth fucking... Beauty. How far is that from you, Winnipeg? Uh, like a two-hour plane ride. It's a fucking far drive, but I, I within yeah. Canada flights are cheap, so I'd be just hopping on like an eighty dollar flight. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Well, we'll have to fucking figure something out one day soon because that guy's a fucking legend. Yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, yeah, no great interaction. You see the uh, video he made for Danny was wondering fucking what the hell unbelievable. Do. That was unreal, man. Unbelievable. Guy's got some serious steez. Like, I've been changing my wardrobe looking at this guy's fucking outfits every day. He's fucking balling out in steez. Dude, yeah, he... That guy has some serious fucking grip, man. Yeah. Beauty, beauty. And, and you know he deletes beers. Good old Canadian <laughs> boy. 100%. He's definitely doing so as we speak. Yeah. But, all right, buddy. I'm going to go right, delete buddy. some beers myself. Fuck yeah, man. All right, bud. Well, I appreciate you hopping on, man. Always a pleasure talking hockey with you and especially Bruins hockey. Uh, like you said, let's go Bees. Let's go USA. Uh, this will be a good one. This will be a fun game to watch. Enjoy your night, buddy, and I'll talk to you again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back for another great episode of Only Bruins. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for tuning in. And I promise we are back to our, or I am back to, and hopefully we'll have Brett on as often as possible. But back to the oh, weekly yeah. recordings as long as nothing fucking interferes again but ladies and gentlemen i appreciate you guys thanks for all the love 2023 is going to be a great year go bruins go usa we'll talk to you guys next week Get out, get back
Bashcroffy, Bashcroffy, get back you flea infested mongrel. Well, if I am a dog, the party is on. I gotta get my groove on, cause my mind I'm gone. Do you see the race coming from my eye? Walking through the prison, did you mind just breaking them down? Me and my white talk, short, dealing, gancy, color, any color but you. I think I knew that's why they call me Pitbull.